Hello there, this is Wale Olulano, the presiding apostle of Harmony Christian Ministries. I'm happy that you can join us today in our podcast. I pray today's message will encourage, edify, and illuminate your heart, wherever your circumstances may be. Please relax and enjoy. The scripture is full of stories of selflessness, but the challenge is how we go about it. My message this morning is titled, Enlarge Capacity Through Selflessness. There is a story in 1 Samuel chapter 30. When David returned to his camp in Ziglag with his 600 men, and when they got there, what they met at home was not what they left. You know the story. The Amalekites had been to the place, raided the camp, and burnt down Ziglag, and took away their children and wives. Now, the problem with that situation is they didn't even know whether they took them away, whether they killed them or not. The Bible said these people wept. They wept until there was no more strength in them to weep. They cried so much, and then David called upon God whether he should pursue them. You know, he went after them, and then when he was going, he had an important mission of his own. But while he was going, he saw an Egyptian slave that was dying. And can you imagine David with his men, and then he stopped them. He said, we have to fix this guy's problem. I asked myself a question. If you were in his team, while he's stopping you from going to chase for your wife and your children, just to look after a slave that was dying. And they didn't leave the slave until they had nursed him back to health to be able to speak. And when somebody asked him, he said he's been left there for three days, left to die. Because David selflessly looked after an Egyptian slave that seemed not important, David's mission got a breakthrough. And that Egyptian was able to point them in the right direction. Sometimes when you act selflessly, you don't even know that you have shortened your own journey. You have added things into your life. You have enlarged your capacity in ways possibly you didn't even expect. The second story I'm going to talk on, which is the one I will focus on, is in Luke chapter 10, from verse 25 to 37. Luke 10, this story, usually we call it the parable of the Good Samaritan. And I want us to look at some things here. The Bible said from verse 25, it said, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Let me pause. I'm going to be interjecting as I go on. A certain lawyer. Friends, the problem was not this man's profession. Because some of us might have the mindset that, well, uh, what has Jesus got against professionals? The problem in the story was not because the man is well-read. As a matter of fact, the problem in the story of this man actually was his poor attitude and his wrong motive. It was not his professional status. There are many people who are professors of theology. If they are without the knowledge of God... All they will profess is just the flesh and ignorance. No matter how well read you are, if you don't read God, if you don't want to know God, when you speak, you will speak like one of the fools. And God doesn't want any one of us. So as we are growing up in our profession, God wants us to grow up in him. Amen. And then look at the way the man, the Bible said, he stood up and asked a question. The, the way he wrote it, that he stood up, tells us that he stood up with arrogance. He stood up with arrogance. There is a way that you can stand out with arrogance. 
And when you do, no matter what you do thereafter, it's already out of order. He stood up to test him again. Look at that. The motive was not to actually find an answer. The motive was to trick him so that he can trip. But watch what Jesus Christ did. So he asked a question that seemed right. Sometimes our action might appear right, but it's the motive that will situate it. He has a question. It's like he looked at him. This guy, he didn't go to law school. I'm going to ask him because he had read the book. He's a lawyer, don't forget. And he felt that I'm going to ask him a question that make him look like a fool. When people ask you questions, you must know who to answer, who not to answer. You must understand that in growing your capacity, there will be actions that will debilitate against your progress. And they will come from unexpected quarters. This was not one of the women, not one of the men, not one of the uh, farmers that had no name. This was a lawyer. So what happened? He said to him, what is written in the law? Now I want to show you something there. What is written in the law? Look at verse 26. And what is your reading of it? Whoa, I love that. What is written in the law is not the problem. But the problem is how you are reading it. What is your reading of it? So it may be written in the law, but your reading may be colored, which is actually the problem. What is your reading of it? When we talk about service, most people know, almost everybody knows that it's good to serve. Everybody knows that, oh, you can't really make it in life if you're not serving. Everybody understands that. But here are the issues, which we're going to see in a minute. So he said, what's your reading of it? So the problem is the mind by which we read it. Every one of us must actually allow God to work on our mind. We must allow God to purify our thoughts, our motives. For as a man think in his heart, so is he. If our thoughts are not pure, no matter how we package it, what we are bringing out will soon reveal us. Verse 27. So the answer then said... You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have answered rightly. Now watch this. So you know what's written in the book. You've answered rightly. The problem is the B part. Do this and you will leave. Doing it is the problem. It's not that we don't know. Do this and you will leave. In other words, if you're not doing it, you are not leaving. Do this and you will leave. The Bible said in verse 29, but he, that's always a but. But he wanting to justify himself. You don't have to justify yourself because why? Jesus Christ is your justifier. If what you are doing is right, you don't need to justify it. But your heart will tell you it's not right. Wanting to justify, you don't know me. You don't know what I'm going through. You're trying to justify yourself. Wanting to justify himself. You cannot even pay for your own life. You didn't save yourself. He said, don't want it to justify himself. So what did he say there? He said, wanting to justify himself, he said to Jesus Christ, who is my neighbor? I mean, what kind of question is that? So Jesus Christ now didn't answer him. Many of us need to learn how to answer like Jesus. Proverbs 26 verse 4. Do not answer a fool according to his folly, lest you be like him. Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. This is a very good scripture for every one of us. You got to know when to answer, when not to. So Jesus Christ, in not answering this man, look at what he did, then he told the story from verse 30. He said, 
A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. Does that not sound like the Egyptian slave? Now by chance, to help anybody, to provide a helping hand, sometimes in our life will have to happen by chance. By chance, a certain priest came down that road. When he saw him, Please note that he saw him. He passed by on the other side. The drama ministry, they actually acted it several years ago. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at that place, so two church people came and looked. The Levite, because he's a younger one, he brought out his mobile phone and he was rather doing social media recording because he needed to post this to see what wicked people have done. Do you know many people, instead of helping, instead of doing something positive, they want to record it. They are interested in rather recording it and then saying, that, you know, the thing is trending. It's gone viral, what they posted. But they didn't ask themselves, what impact did they make to that situation? Why I'm saying this? Because he did more than the first one. He came, he looked, he actually stopped. And he went on the other side. That verse 33, but a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed. See, this Samaritan was not jobless. Sometimes we give ourselves excuses. The reason I don't serve, the reason I don't help is because I am journeying. I am busy. I am walking. We make it sound like those who help are jobless. And then the Bible says, he came where he was. When he saw him, he had compassion. And so when he went to him, bandaged his wounds. I underlined each of these words. Went to him, bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine. He put him on his own animal. Then brought him to an inn. Then took care of him. Each of those are about seven things there you can blow out. Then verse 35. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii. Gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, take care of him. Whatever more you spend, when I come, not if I come again, I will repay you. Now there are a few things I want to point out from here. The first thing I want to say to you is selfless thinking brings personal fulfillment. It brings personal fulfillment. When, when you think about what you're doing, it's not just about me. It's about how will this affect me? It's about how would this affect us? It's about how would this affect her? How would this affect him? It's about not just me. Selfless thinking brings personal fulfillment. Amen. Ben Switland said, we cannot hold a touch to light another path without brightening our own. If you hold a touch, somebody is in the darkness and they call for light and you brought the light to them, that same light will lighten your own path too. This thing is something which we all need to understand that there are few, few things, there are very few things in life that brings us more satisfaction, more joy than helping other people in the path of their own journey. This is very important. Number two, about this kind of thinking. Selfless thinking encourages other virtues in you. It encourages all the virtues in you. When the habit of selflessness is in you, it develops other things naturally. Things like patience. And I want our young people to understand the world is not just about us. Because it's selflessness. When you begin to think like this, it's not a gift of the spirit. It is a thing which you develop. It's a habit. Just like selfishness is a habit you develop. But when you have improved your habit in selflessness, then you allow the gift of the Spirit to be able to manifest in you. The Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 7, it says, To godliness, 
brotherly kindness. You see that? To godliness. Brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Number three, it makes you part of something greater than yourself. When you are generally selfless, it makes you part of something bigger than yourself. Do you know, by being a person who is selfless, either in the church, at home, or wherever you are, and, you, and there's nothing like, I am selfless at work, I don't need to be selfless in church. It's a habit you can't stop. You don't put a line, it doesn't stop anywhere. You just realize, I can't sit here when there's a need around me. It's a natural thing. And it's not because you have a title. My wife taught me years ago when I asked the question, why is it that a doctor who was not on duty, you know, could not stand it when somebody was fitting around them? That's because we are a doctor, whether you're on duty or not, you have to save a soul. Same thing with a policeman. But you see, what if it's not your career? Your career as children of God is to be selfless. Carry the nature of God with you wherever you are. When there is a need, that's you they are calling upon. Amen? Amen. So how can I do this? How can I be selfless? Let's see what we can get into about five minutes. Number one, put God first. The good Samaritan demonstrated all these things to us. He put God first. God created this man who is dying. God had a plan for this man who is dying. It's not in my place to find out how did he get into that problem. Was he going down? Was he going up? Was he his lifestyle? The fact is he's dying. Go there to help. You and I are not the one to judge what brought him into that situation. The purpose of the saints of God is to put God first. Put God first. Why did God create this person? What is God's intention? What will God do in this situation? Put God first. Not he said, she said. I am praying to God that our ears and our heart will be open to this message this morning. Because on Friday at the Bible studies, Sonoma was teaching us something in Ezekiel 33. And he said, this is the problem I found among my people. That they have gathered together. They gathered together to hear. But it sounds to them like a good music. But they are not hearing. I pray that this morning you will hear and you will do. Put God first. In your plans, always put God first. Number two, put others before you. Listen, my friends, this is possible. Put others before you. Everything is not about you. You need to shift your focus from just me to humility. When you humble yourself, it's very easy to put others before you. Always ask yourself, if you are in their position, I think that's a very simple way to actually analyze ourselves. At least, I may not know you, but you know yourself. You might not know me, but I know myself. If the church is full of people like you, would you love to come to that church? Now, if your answer is no, then it means there is room for you to make a change. Put others before you. Ask yourself, if you were them, would you be able to understand you? Would you be able to live with you? Or would you be able to say, you know what? There should be a change. Put others before you. The Bible said this man in verse 31. He said, now by chance, a certain priest came down. He came down that road. And when he saw him, he, that's the priest. 
He went by the other side. A Levite, when he arrived at that place, he came and looked and he passed by the other side. Why were they doing that? They were putting themselves before the man who was dying. I've got an appointment to keep. You know, I'm rushing off right now. How would you like to be led by someone like you? Somebody erratic? Somebody who's always about me, 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 me? Somebody who has no we agenda. It's always easy to point fingers at somebody else, especially at leaders. But there are certain things which are clear. We can rewrite some principles that are existing, that are laws. And it's nice to criticize, but criticize in a way that if you were there, or you are saying in a way that is positive. I said a man designed the airplane to fly. Somebody has designed the parachute in case it doesn't fly. But both of them are necessary for progress. Very important. Don't let us be a people who think that laws that existed before us don't count. These people chose another path. While they could see that there was need. That was need. They left it. Number three. Make yourself available to meet people's need. Make yourself available. Now, this is a key point. Oh, I am busy. Tell me who is not busy. Have you asked your children to do things in the house and they said they woke up late? If you knew you had things to do, why didn't you wake up early? So wake up early because if you knew you want to do something, nobody will wake you up. So there is a way to make ourselves unavailable. For you to be used by God, you need to say, God, I'm available. It's important. God will not use your ability. He will use your availability. This man, the Samaritan, Bible said, as he journeyed, he came where the diamond was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. He had compassion. This is a life that should not be wasted. This is an asset that shouldn't be wasted. This is a department that should not go down. This is the work of God that I can do. I can add something to it. He had compassion. What's your level of compassion? Ask yourself. If you don't have compassion, why do you want God to have compassion on you? In the day of your need. He had compassion. Even though he was busy, he was journeying. How do I know this man was busy? As a matter of fact, after he had taken the man to the hospital, he continued his journey. He said, I am coming back. So he was not just going on a stroll. There will never, never be a perfect time to do good. You just do it whenever there is a need for it. When the duty calls, do it. Not tomorrow. Begin to do it right now. No better time to do good. Have you noticed that bad things don't give you notice? They just happen. Your boiler doesn't give you notice. It will just break down. You just wake up money. And then the boiler is making up his own mind that day. Things like that. It's the same way. Turning over a good thing. This is the day. Harden not your heart. If you're hearing God's word today, make up your mind. Today is the day to begin to do good. Lastly, invest in people intentionally. Invest in people intentionally. Engage with others in their struggle or their journey into significance. When you invest in people deliberately, intentionally, listen to me, you are signing on to something that, you know what, I'm standing with you in your struggle. We're going to walk through this together. This Samaritan that we read about, he made up his mind, I am going to be with you all the way. I'm going to be with you. It's an intentional thing. Who carries a bandage around? Look at what this man did. When you check it out, it might not be like a bandage you find in a hospital. It could be like he took one of his clothes and he just did it as a bandage. He poured oil. He used what he had. He got to the inn. All the money on it, he gave it to them. Two days wages. A lot of money. And then he said to them, I am going away when I come back. Not if I come back. Anything you have spent, what if they have spent much more than they can afford? 
anything you have spent. He didn't tell them that, well, you know what? I can only give up to this amount. As a ministry, many times we reach out to people. We solve problems quietly because we feel that's the scriptures. When God said, bring ye all the tithes into my storehouse, what does our joint contribution do in the storehouse? So that when there is need, we take it in the storehouse to feed the poor. Every one of us must know that we are all called to be Samaritans. And it's in doing what you should do, what you can do, that together as a ministry, we can reach further down. Or if you feel, I am joining, have a plan. I'm doing my own program. Or I will reach out to people in my own way. Do you remember the point I made? By reaching out, you become part of a bigger thing. The Bible says, if you give to that little one, that small one, you did it. Do you think God does not see in secret? He sees in secret. And God who sees in secret, he will reward you publicly. Amen. So as I close this morning, enlarge capacity through selflessness. When you live a life of selflessness, you make yourself available selflessness. In a selfless way, God increases your capacity. And what you have achieved becomes really big. Because on your own, you cannot do it. On my own, I can't do it. It's one of the reasons why we form the partnership in mission work that we do. Because then together, we can hit bigger mark. We can touch tens of thousands of lives. There is always the place of individual work. But God desires each one of us to know that by being part of a house like this, you have a role to play. Father, we thank you and bless your name for today. We appreciate you because you did not withhold your only begotten son. You gave him selflessly. And he gave himself unto us. Father, we ask, Lord, that each one of us will receive that same mindset today. That we can humble ourselves and offer ourselves unto you. And this morning, our heart cries, Lord, we are available. Use us. I pray for anyone who may be taking such a decision today. Ability to move forward and not backward. Help us to run out of old, stale excuses. Because we are joining. But may our journey become significant today. Because we touched somebody's life. Thank you, Father. For what is coming up this week. And what will come even weeks after. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. We do hope you have been blessed. Our special thanks go to all our partners who give generously to support our ministry. You are welcome to be one of us. If you'd like someone to talk to you on any of the issues raised in today's message, please do call us on plus 44 208-597-3110 or you visit our website www.hccenter.org.uk May the peace of the Lord guard you and keep you till we meet again. God bless.